Order up. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Matter of Taste. Did you know, Stephanie, that my nickname has been Cookie Monster? I did not know that. What is the story yeah, behind that? It's not just because I have googly eyes. It is because I love cookies. I love cookies year round. But if you are a cookie lover, uh, there may be no better season than Christmas cookie season. Tis the season for baking and all of the, I don't know if you watch Food Network, but all of the holiday baking shows, it is Christmas cookie madness Oh, this yeah, time the of year. dial has been turned up to 11. Even the Wall Street Journal this weekend has like a whole section with this giant page of Christmas cookie information. Well, I, um, I, love, I love Christmas cookies, and we're very excited to get into this episode of uh, Matter of Taste to talk about Christmas cookies. And I was looking at the calendar, and I realized that actually right now, this season... I have no Christmas cookie baking on the horizon because we're going to go out of town and there may not be time to cook. But half of my brain wants to sneak in the peanut butter cookies with the chocolate stars on the top, which some people put Hershey's Kisses on the top and call them peanut butter blossoms. But growing up, it was always the Brock's chocolate star that goes into that cookie. It's photogenic. It is delicious. It says Christmas. So I may squeak in one, you know, tray of those this week while we're packing. And you're going to bring them to the newsroom to share, Ah, right? that, no, that's not a bad idea. That is not a bad idea. Well, I also thought, I love, I really do love Christmas cookies. And I was at Trader Joe's recently, and I saw, because it is the season, they brought back the peppermint dark chocolate covered JoJo's, which is like an Oreo cookie with peppermint frosting in the middle with dark chocolate covering it and then peppermint sprinkles on top. They're so good. I surprised Kristen, actually, with a box of those this weekend. Uh, she, I don't think she had had them before and immediately said, we're getting two boxes of those to take on vacation. So I will wind up with some Christmas cookies anyway. So I think peppermint and chocolate is about as Christmas as it gets. Um, you mentioned your peanut butter and chocolate. Would you say that those peanut butter chocolate cookies are your ideal Christmas cookie. Oh, if you could only have, man. like, one at the holidays, would that be it? Oh, oh, that is terrible. No. I mean, I I have, like, three essential Christmas cookies. Got to have the sugar cookie and done in particular ways. I There's another one I love. It's the candy cane cookie. It's like a, a shortbread twist, and it looks like red mm. and white dough. I love those. And then, yeah, you're right. There's nothing really Christmassy, per se, about the peanut butter and chocolate star. You could make those in July, and it would be fine. It wouldn't seem weird. But they always are Christmas to me. I couldn't, I couldn't narrow it down to one. So for me, I think it's definitely got to be the sugar cookie, the cutouts. Yeah. Um and I actually had the opportunity the other day. I went to visit my parents in Mansfield, and I got to bake with my mom, which was really nostalgic to me because growing up, we would always do that. We'd always make Christmas cookies. A lot of times it would be my mom would make the dough and have it ready, so then she would just let me do the cutouts. And a lot of times she has she has a pretty big collection of the cookie cutters, so sometimes I wouldn't even stick to the Christmas mold. Sometimes I would make, like, sharks and ninjas and things just because I could. Um, but we'd always turn on the TV, usually like a, a Christmas movie or some kind of Hallmark movie if that's on, and we would just 
bake up a storm. So we did that again uh, this past week, and we did make the sugar cutouts this time. We tried royal icing for the first time, which I had never done. My mom hadn't made it either. It's very tricky. It's not like what you see on TV. Is that the powdered sugar? Um, So you use meringue powder. Meringue, okay. So it has a little bit of a different flavor, and then you've got to nail the right consistency, which is where I kind of struggled a little bit. Cookies turned out okay. They still look pretty. Um, but it definitely takes some trial and error. But it was a lot of fun to go home and not only to cook with my mom, but we decided to talk with our moms about cookies for this episode, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that I think we, we were debating who's the best expert that we could find to talk about Christmas cookies. And we both realized, mom, <laughs> our moms would be the best people to talk to. Yeah, I think everything I really know about baking, I learned from my mom. So without any further ado, let's get right into it. This is... Christmas cookies with Steph's mom and Chris's mom. Okay, so we're here in Mansfield where I grew up, and today I took a day off from work and spent the day baking with my mom. So I was really excited that Chris came up with the idea to have us interview our moms for the Christmas cookie episode because it's very nostalgic to me. And when I think of Christmas cookies, I think of coming home and baking with my mom, which I've done growing up. So mom, how did you learn to bake? Well, when I grew up, I was really lucky enough that my grandmother also lived with us. And of course, in her generation, they did a lot of baking. I remember her making noodles on the kitchen table and things, but she did a lot of baking as well as my mother. But uh, I think I kind of watched them. And as soon as I was old enough, then I started. I think I went out independently baking and cooking probably when I was around 12 years old. See, I don't really remember my grandma Mara, your mom, baking a whole lot when I was around. I do remember, I think she would always make, I think they were pralines. Oh, yeah. She would always make those with Uh her sister, my great aunt Ruth, Uh because I remember being in their kitchen with them. And then I remember they'd be making the like caramely buttery sauce and then they'd be bickering over who was stirring it, (laughs) wrong or right. But other than that, I don't remember grandma baking a whole lot. Yeah. Your grandmother did, your, your, your great grandmother did, your great grandmother Blaney. Grandma Morrow wasn't a great baker, but she did at the holidays. But yes, I, the pralines are something that, what she was known for. Uh, she picked up the recipe during World War II when Dad was stationed in Tennessee somewhere, and she worked in a candy store. And pralines is pretty much a Southern candy, so that's where you know she started making it. And um, yeah, we're now in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in my mom and dad's kitchen, where over many many years we've made many many cookies for Christmas. And I thought. The best expert that I could think of to talk to about Christmas cookies would be my mom, since she makes them every year. Whether we're here or not, there's always Christmas cookies. So um, why do you think, Mom, it's Joyce Canargiani, my mom, say hi, Mom. Hi. (laughs) And uh, why do you think people love Christmas cookies so much? Well, first of all, because they taste so delicious. (laughs) And it's a tradition. And also at Christmas, you are allowed to eat as many cookies as you want. Oh, that's okay. That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's true. Well, they're 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 colorful, mm-hmm. also, and I think that they uh, they do uh, have a nostalgia factor for some people. And the tradition that you can carry on from you know 
one year to the next, from one generation to the next, I think makes people enjoy them even more. And regionally, there are different kind of cookies. In fact, one that we were talking about before we started rolling that's really popular here in New Mexico is a bizcochito, which I think people in Cleveland would not, many would maybe understand or know that cookie that well. But um, they are things that people love. And what do what cookies do you remember from growing up? Where did you grow up and what cookies do you remember for Christmas growing up? I grew up in Tacoma, Washington. And growing up, we always made the traditional decorated sugar cookies. Uh And the other thing that we always made, which wasn't a cookie, but was the five-minute fudge. So those were the two things that we always had lots of. At Christmas? At Christmas. Yeah, five-minute fudge. I don't know if we've ever... Have we had that? Have you made that? Yes, I've made it. Yeah, it's with chocolate chips and marshmallow cream. Oh. Yeah, right. (laughs) I wonder if that's... We have a family friend named Pat who always makes fudge. I'll have to ask him if that's his fudge. Right. Might be. Right. So what do you enjoy most about baking? It's therapeutic. You know, a lot of people don't want to be standing at the counter doing things, but for me, it's therapeutic. I'm not one that wants to to do any crafts or sewing or anything like that. But uh, I think cooking and baking is something that you can make a mistake and people eat it anyways. (laughs) I think what I like about baking is that there are rules, you have your recipes, and you kind of have to follow that recipe Mm -hmm. pretty exact um, in order for it to turn out right. Whereas cooking, I think you get a little more leeway to be creative. Mm -hmm. But baking, I like the parameters of you have to do it this way for for it to turn out right. But then I also like that in the end, you get to be a little more creative, like when you're decorating cake or cookies. Yeah. Now, why do you think people love cookies so much? Well, I think people in general love sweets, but I think the thing about cookies is they're just so easy to, they're not messy. You can generally not messy. You can pick them up in your hand and eat a couple, you know, on the go, in the car, whatever. So, and of course they're made of sugar. So I think that when it comes to the things that you bake, I do think that you do cookies best. Personally, I think so. Um, And you have tons of cookie recipes. How have you kind of come to acquire so many cookie recipes? Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't even want to do the math to count it up. But there's a group of ladies that we just will unsee it for 40. This is our 43rd year. Every year we get together. And I think it started out with eight of us. And now we're down to six. But we all have a cookie exchange. And so everyone, and we make, we make a cookbook. So I have cookbooks of cookie recipes for 43 years, you know. And, uh, of course, a few years ago, we got to the point where, yes, if we wanted to redo the same cookie again, we could. But um, and so we've kind of branched into candies, too, a little bit. But So the idea is everyone makes a certain cookie recipe and you yes. bring a plate to try and then you yes. bring a plate for everyone. Right. Um, but then it also has a social aspect to it because mm-hmm. you're, you're hanging out with your friends and you're exchanging cookies and you're exchanging those recipes so that you're kind of, those recipes live on through your friends. Oh yes. And it's like, I think we actually filled cause everyone brings their recipe and I think we're on our third cookbook. And it's full. We're going to have to start another cookbook. And it's kind of a legacy that we could give to our daughters someday or our sons if they wanted to bake. But it's yeah, a good legacy because we have the invitation and a picture of us every year. So you can see us when we were back in our 20s. And <laughs> 
So we talked about my grandma's pralines, but what other kind of cookies and sweets do you remember from your childhood? Always, always, always my grandmother, which would be your great grandmother, Blaney, always made uh, uh, date pinwheels. And that happens to be one of my personal favorites. And then your grandmother, Morrow, she picked it up too, you know, and I learned they're kind of hard and I only make them once a year. And I wonder why I don't make them more often because we really like them. But, but that's one cookie I really remember. So you remember making them, but you said that they're difficult and you don't yeah. make them often. Yeah. Um, but you do bake a lot and you oh, make a lot yeah. of cookies. Oh, yeah. What what cookies do you personally prefer to bake? Like at Christmas? Anytime. Anytime. Um, I'm trying to think. Of course, there's one. I guess the most recent one was like a strawberry shortcake. Remember, shortbread one. Kind of a thumbprint that your grandmother... Metzger, she made the best jam. And we kind of call them the Jane and Cindy cookies, you know, because it's like I baked them or I found the recipe, but we used her jam. So it made them extra good. Um, of course, I like the cutouts. Recently, I have like a, a, a coconut macaroon that was really good. I thought we'd talk about maybe the, the five best cookies to discuss for Christmas. They're not maybe the best cookies, but the best for discussion. And they are quintessential cookies. So the first one, sugar cookies that you mentioned, uh, didn't you go break down which sugar cookie had the right flavor? Tell me about that experiment. Yes. In order to come up with the perfect sugar cookie, I had to try various recipes. First of all, of course, researching and finding the correct recipes, but it has to have the right texture and the right flavor. And our family is very particular about their sugar cookies. So I tried numerous recipes and finally came up with the one that has actually a balance of butter and shortening. And so it's just crispy enough and you can roll it out the dough very easily and cut it into all kinds of beautiful shapes and decorate them. And also you had to have the very perfect frosting to uh. decorate with. And that required also <laughs> numerous test frosting batches. But I now have the best sugar cookie and the best frosting. Well, we will share that with our listeners. Actually. And in fact, I have to say the frosting, I have a friend who owned a very fancy French bakery in La Cañada, California, and her partner was a Frenchman, and she now uses my frosting <laughs> recipe <laughs> wow. for anything that she bakes that requires a decorator-type frosting that not only looks good, but tastes good. So the, the sugar cookie has to have the right consistency yes. and some sugar cookies are too soft right some are too brittle or too thin right there's right. there is a certain expectation that you have with christmas cookies and i understand or we understand it might be different for every family in every situation but uh, from your experiment over the testing and tasting <laughs> yes your your opinion and i think that of the family is that this has the right texture color snap, all that kind of stuff, and holds up to frosting or just sugar sprinkles right. <laughs> or plain. Right. You can do lots of reindeer or whatever you want. With right. It. Okay. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about what maybe your, say, five essential holiday cookies would be. You're, you're baking for everyone, which you do, which we did this afternoon. Yeah. We spent the afternoon baking. Um, today we made sugar cutouts 
and we made royal icing for the first time for both of us. And we made a like a toffee with saltine crackers and like a caramely brown sugar sauce and chocolate melted on top. And then I made butterbeer cookies inspired from the Harry Potter movie. But let's say that you're baking for friends and family. What are the five cookies that you would make for them for the holidays? I think it's, I guess you're trying to think about when you make, if I had to limit it to five, something for everyone. So, and they also happen to be kind of my personal favorites too. So I'm biased, but I always make the day pinwheels as my tradition. Always make sugar cutouts. And I have a recipe that I got from one of my kindergarten moms that has uh, cream cheese in it that we really like. And we use that today. Um, I like chocolate filled snowballs and they're just like a, a, a wedding cookie, you know, the, the short rate, but you roll the dough around a Hershey chocolate and then roll it in powdered sugar. So that's really good. Everyone likes chocolate. So there's, I have a recipe for chocolate crinkles, which are basically like a brownie rolled into a, a rolled cookie and you roll it into, um, powdered sugar. So when it bakes, it's kind of frost, you know, chocolate with a little bit of white powdered sugar. And then I make coconut macaroons. It just seems like I, people like that. And yeah, so if I had to name five and that kind of gives people a variety too, because some people like coconut, people like chocolate. I always really try to work in something with molasses or gingerbread too. Changing now to gingerbread. Gingerbread Uh, is a very I think a tricky cookie to get right because you can easily have it be just a too hard and you chip a tooth on and you can have it maybe too soft, like a molasses cookie. Um, and it doesn't have the ginger bite. So, uh, you didn't quite do the same experiment. Did you, you just tried different over the years recipes? No, over the years, I always made the same gingerbread recipe, which was from a very old Betty Crocker cookbook. And, Occasionally, I would try a different gingerbread recipe because it wasn't the perfect one. But then the family would always complain that it wasn't the right one. So I kind of stuck to that one for many years until my niece said that her mother-in-law made the best gingerbread cookies in the world. And so I thought, okay, then that one will be worth a try. Yes. And... She was telling the truth. <laughs> it is the best gingerbread cookie in the world. <laughs> now, is that the what, the addition in that one that hadn't been in previous ones, if I remember correctly, was coffee? Uh, yes, it has a little coffee in it. Huh. And um, the only thing is it was missing one spice uh, that was in the previous recipe um, because gingerbread cookies usually have cinnamon and ginger and cloves and allspice. And um, so I add that spice to the recipe. Oh. And uh, it makes gingerbread cookies that are the perfect texture. They're not hard and they're not soggy. They're just a perfect texture and flavor. And also, again, dough that's easy to roll out and easy to cut into gingerbread girls and gingerbread boys and gingerbread teddy bears and gingerbread reindeer and yes. just about anything gingerbread that you would the like. many creatures that you can yeah. make with gingerbread yeah it's um, perfect those uh is gingerbread a cookie that you would say gets better after a couple days yes once gingerbread yeah gingerbread definitely tastes better after at least 24 hours after it's been baked and in the tin 
it kind of mellows out, and then it just gets better and better. So you mentioned the tins, too. That's something to quickly mention. The cookie storage actually here has been a challenge because there have been years where you have made over over a dozen types of cookies. Not a dozen cookies, but a do- like three dozen of 12 different types of cookies. And so the storage becomes an issue. What, what, we, what do we usually keep them in? Well, we have a collection of cookie tins, and they are especially Christmas cookie tins. And I think that's not unusual. I actually think that that is something that transports uh, actually uh, in the U.S., but also in other countries. Right, right. And um, some of the tins we've had for 40 years at least, and they get to come out at Christmas. And then some of our favorite, we lived in Germany for many years, and we have some beautiful German um, Christmas cookie tins. So if I remember correctly, that year we actually had magnets on the tins to say what cookies were in what tins because there were there were too many to remember yes. <laughs> every tin. Yes, that is correct. And my adorable little grandchildren were uh, having fun. In fact, I think it was the grandson and the son, now that I think of it in <laughs> particular, who delighted in switching the magnets. <laughs> So when you thought you were getting a peanut butter star, you might be getting a candy cane cookie instead. <laughs> so I, so uh, candy cane cookies are the next one that I wanted to bring up because if there is a year where maybe we only make two kinds of cookies, candy cane cookies is, are going to be one of those kind of cookies. And uh, I, I think maybe everyone knows these kind of cookies, but maybe they don't. Can you explain those cookies? Well, the candy cane cookies are... Um, basic kind of uh, shortbread sugar cookie type dough and you um, mix up the dough and then you tint half of it red and then you um, roll out uh, about six inch long little rolled pieces of dough and then twist a red one together with a natural colored one and shave it in the shape of a candy cane and then you can sprinkle them with red sugar or chopped up peppermint candy and uh, bake them. And they're just a really pretty cookie, and they also taste really good. Now, is it important to put the peppermint in one of the doughs or both of the doughs, like peppermint extract? Well, I don't put any peppermint extract in my dough, but some people put peppermint extract in um both of the doughs or just one of the doughs. It oh. doesn't really matter. Those are possibly my favorite Christmas cookie. But I know it's tough. It's tough to figure out which one. But I Yeah, I know. I think... Sometimes we have to make two batches. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That is true. Yeah, we didn't make gingerbread today, but I always remember yeah. making oh, yeah. gingerbread cutouts growing up. I think my favorite of these five are definitely just the sugar cutouts. And I think that the recipe that you've always made like you mentioned with the cream cheese, definitely stands out from your standard sugar cookie. And today we did a little bit of a different of an icing with the royal icing. Normally you do more of like a simple powdered sugar, buttercream buttercream type of ice cream or icing that I've always really, really liked. And I think those are, I think I like those best because they're really nostalgic to me. I remember you would usually make the dough and then you would let me roll it out, do the cutouts. You would always let me, even if the cutouts didn't make sense for Christmas. Like I remember one year, I think I made sharks um, for Christmas. I think that it's just really nostalgic to me. And I always like doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the fourth one is not tech. I think not technically a cookie. It is a toffee, but it falls into the cookie category and we make it 
pretty much every year. Um, it is unusual, and one huge benefit is that it is really easy. Did you? Would you say it's maybe the easiest of the ones in this list? Definitely, it's the easiest one on the list. And we have another name for it. We also call it Christmas crack. Yes. Because when you start to eat it, you just can't quit. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> you true. lose all control. <laughs> and um, it's very easy to make. You uh, start with a jelly roll pan, and the bottom layer is either saltine crackers, not crushed, just laid out to cover the bottom of the pan, or our latest version, now we are using graham crackers to cover the bottom of the pan. And then you layer on um, chocolate chips and chopped nuts and toffee bits, and then you put it in the oven and bake it, and when it comes out, everything has all melted together in a very delicious form. And you sprinkle a little sea salt on the top if you like, and then cut it or break it into um, hunks or cut it into squares. And everybody loves this cookie. It is ama- It is great. Yeah. It is really am- and amazing and always a hit if you're looking for something to bring to yes. an unusual cookie swap or even a yes. potluck. And People it, go nuts for yes, that. I've brought that to... Um, Parties and men have asked me for the recipe. (laughs) (laughs) So then finally, what would your advice be to someone who wants to be a more frequent baker more often? What would your advice be to them? Well, I think the thing that's really good now that I didn't have growing up is that YouTube, you know, and a lot of the recipes come with a video that makes it very easy for someone starting out. Yeah, I think with YouTube and Pinterest, there's all kinds of, I know like today I got some decorating ideas from Pinterest and you can find all kinds of recipes today. And YouTube is always helpful for, there's YouTube video for anything uh, these days. But yeah, with baking, it's definitely, I think it helps to see someone do the steps. That's what I was going to say too. You know, baking with your sister who never really cared, she liked to eat the baked goods, but didn't. But, you know, as a young mom, she's she tends to bake, but it's working together because she needs someone to help her with the measurements, you know, and when are the cookies done and, and things. So, yes, I think it's very beneficial to work with with another baker who's been experienced and can. Yeah. And I think it's also when it comes to working with someone else or having a video to watch, because a lot of people don't like to read mm-hmm. and having to read through a full list of not just ingredients, but instructions. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have the intention span these days to do that. So I think having a video to watch or having someone to kind of guide you is oh, definitely yeah. very helpful, which for instance, today it was helpful to me to have you here to tell me when to put something in the oven or when to you know mix something up or mm-hmm. to even just to take my cookies off of my baking sheet when they came out of the oven and to let them cool on the counter. It's uh, very helpful. So yeah, I think growing up, um, you helped me learn to bake. And even though it's I'm still not great at it uh, today as an adult, I think that it's just been always very nostalgic to me. So on a day like this to come home and just spend the afternoon baking, I think it takes me back to my childhood, which I've always enjoyed. So the fifth, uh, the fifth cookie I actually on the list I wrote out, I left this one open because I was going to see if there's one that, that you would say is a quintessential one. Is there, is there one? 
Um, well, the quintessential one, I think, is the old-fashioned sugar cookie, which we already right. talked but, about. So on but, a list of five, what would be... Um, but for New Mexico, the quintessential cookie is called the Viscochito, which Chris mentioned earlier. And this goes back, way back in New Mexico history, and it's basically an anise-flavored cookie. You put a little anise... Um, liqueur and um, anise seeds in the cookie. It's very easy. And the most traditional shape for it to be made in is a fleur-de-lis, the French fleur-de-lis. And um, everywhere you go in New Mexico at Christmas time, um, you will be sure to have a bizcochito and a cup of hot chocolate. So it's a very popular and very tasty cookie here. It's not super, super sweet, but the one really important thing about a very proper bizcochito is that it has to be made with lard. Oh. Yes. And if you use shortening, it won't have the perfectly ultra crisp texture huh. that a bizcochito should have. Wow. But it's... Um, Kind of um, not a super sweet cookie, and the anise flavor, which is the licorice flavor, um, is a flavor that people love or hate, but most people love it in New Mexico. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate uh, talking with you about cookies, one of my favorite things, and uh, Christmas cookies especially, so we'll have to figure out what we're going to make this year, and I hope that uh, people got some inspiration from hearing your discussion about cookies, and we'll put some of these recipes online for you to check out. Uh Thanks for talking with us, Mom. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, moms know best for sure. And I wonder if you had the same uh, experience that I had, which is these recipes are not in cookbooks. They're on recipe cards. Yeah, so my mom actually, she does have her, her little file index cards of recipes, but then, like we talked about, she has this binder full of recipes that she's gotten from years of her annual cookie exchange with all of her friends for, I think, for decades. They've been getting together every year, and they all share these recipes. So she just has this big book full of recipes, some she's never, ever made again, um, and like we talked about, we kind of have our, our go-tos that we always fall back on every year. But yeah, for the most part, it's just scribbled out on these tiny little index cards. Nothing in, in books. And uh, I, I think uh, I would encourage uh, listeners, if you if you have a chance, if your, your parents are around and you can talk to them about cookies and baking traditions, you might be surprised how much fun it is to get into that conversation, especially asking, I remember when I was asking my mom what cookies she remembers when she was growing up. That's something I didn't really think about because, well, it's all about me, of course. <laughs> all about me, all about cookies that I love. But really, it's a, it's a fun tradition. It's kind of a, I don't know, it's just a, it was an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, for me and asking my mom about some of the cookies from her childhood, they're things that I don't really like. So it's also interesting to see how that tradition is going to live on. Um, for my mom, she like she mentioned the date pinwheels. She remembers making those growing up. Well, she'll still make them, but I don't really like them. So it's I don't know if it's something that I'm going to want to make in the future for for my kids. But then we think about it, and after this conversation with my mom, it is a tradition that I would like to continue on. Yeah, having them as part of the plate, and it usually I don't know about you, but my house. 
most houses, it's not just one cookie. There's not like there's not like one cookie that gets made for the holiday. It's usually a handful of cookies. And um, well, now we've got ideas and options, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, the cookies that are in our future here. Yeah, and if you want to share any recipes with us, you can always tweet at me. I'm at Seventh Inning Stuff, and I'm at Can of Spaghetti. We'd love to see some pictures and hear your thoughts about. Christmas cookies. Well, that wraps it up for the year for us for Matter of Taste Cleveland. We appreciate you listening, and we will be back next year with more episodes. And more food. (laughs) Have a great one. Thanks again. Mm